Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel for Podcast My Business and Content Made Easy. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to start on a new series of people that we've interviewed during COVID. Um, and we're circling back around because there's lots to learn from that period. And it's very difficult to look back on something when you're in the middle of it. So we're going to start looking back on what things happened and what people learned from and what we can all learn from together. So today we've got Dean Salakis, the chief party guy from thepartypeople.com.au. How are you going there, Dean? G'day, Tony. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. And um, we, we interviewed you in um, just before Halloween of 2020. Yeah. And um, I'm calling Sullivan BC. That's DC. I've got all my acronyms. So BC is before COVID. DC is during COVID. And then we've got LWC, living with COVID. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, you know, there's an, I'm sure you've got another one after that coming. Well, I do. In fact, thanks for throwing that to me because I did tell you I've got <laughs> FOMO. I haven't caught it yet. And I'm one of the few that hasn't apparently. So I'm fear of missing out. Yeah, I've I've had it, so I've been there, but mm. let's not go on about that. Yeah. I've had that conversation yeah. a few times. Yeah, exactly. So let's not get into that. Okay. So uh, what we do want to get into, though, is that um, when I spoke to you at the time, you were pivoting, word that still hasn't been replaced by anything better, so we'll stick with pivoting. You're pivoting to um, even selling, um, you know, the hand sanitizer and all sorts of things, and you come up with some good ideas with um, – People buying the party all in one bag and all in one go. So instead of even dropping in and picking up the bits, you could send out the whole thing based on numbers. Are you still offering that sort of thing? Uh, no, look, we've, we've, again, gone back to normal, I would say, mm. uh, in terms of business model. It's certainly learned a few things, which I'm sure we'll talk about through the through the podcast. But um, generally speaking, no, like, you know, we had this whole, as, as, as people who listened to that last one would have recalled, we you know, we did this whole coronavirus survival category and we, we redid all that. I mean, we've pretty much taken that down. Um, you know, for us, that was a bit of a life cycle thing. It, it When it was booming and no one had sanitizer, we had sanitizer. When no one had masks, we had masks. When um, sanitizer started to appear to be coming back, we got out early. I think we might have even talked about that last mm, time yeah. um, that, we, that we'd gotten out already, uh, even though it was probably a few months too early. But, you know, in, in hindsight, it was... Look, we could have waited two months and we would have been fine, but I'd rather get out early and have been cautious and mm. been like a lot of people who got stuck with sanitizer and there's a lot of sanitizer sitting around the country and people are trying to give it away for free and they can't. Mm. Uh, so definitely wanted to avoid that situation. We got on the rat test trend uh, for a little bit yeah. um, because, again, you know, obviously I've got great relationship with suppliers, so I leverage those mm. to get access to stuff that people may may not otherwise be, have been able to get access to or it was hard to get access to. Mm. So I kind of got a bit of preferential treatment. And, you know, as you know, a lot of businesses were hurting around this time. So you, you take whatever you can get and mm. any way you can survive, you 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 find those ang- angles and, and use them. So, look, we had that coronavirus survival. We pulled it down um, probably pretty close to when we had our last podcast, probably not long after, mm. if it was after. And... Um, and started trading kind of a, a bit as normal. I mean, there was still a different type of customer shopping with us, but and and our focus has was slightly changed in that we were still focusing on smaller house parties. Mm-hmm. Um, what we found through COVID, or well, through um, that that period, probably from when we had our last podcast to now, 
was that people were having a lot more smaller parties. Um, people weren't having them at venues because it was for a while there was illegal to have a party at a venue, but uh, there's still that apprehension of having, you know, a large event at with 50 kids at a venue and, you know, the way COVID's going around at the moment, there's still a little bit of apprehension on that. But, you know, over the last 12 to 18 months, there's been quite a lot of apprehension to do that. So most people are having little house parties. So we've been focusing on how do we help people do those sort of events um, and balloons and those sort of categories are smashing it. Costumes like, think categories like costumes and, and those sort of categories, not so much. They've been doing pretty poorly, but, you know, obviously we're riding the wave of what the customer, how the customer wants to have their party. Um, so yeah, so a, a fair bit's changed, but um, and that and that, that stuff's not there anymore. But you know, I'd say we're still not 100% back to normal. But you know, things are in terms of running a business are, are pretty pretty much back to normal now. Yeah, exactly. I know it does take a bit of time and effort. Talking of costumes, I happen to know it's World Dracula Day next week. So yep. Are you doing anything for that one? But I guess there's things throughout the year, isn't there? There is a lot. That's that's probably not one we've uh, we've done much with, but. Um, you know, we always try, we probably do a social media post or something like that about it, but mm. um, we jump on those trends for those sort of things, but nothing sort of, I mean, we sell a lot more Dracula stuff, but we tend to have a lot. We get it for Halloween and, and it hangs around through the year for a day like today, this. Yeah. Uh, and there's a few other events that are in a similar boat. Yeah. Exactly. One day, you know, you can't do it unless it's huge like Halloween and what have you. So um, in relation to the business and you pivoting and what have you, um, what have you noticed with consumers and how consumers spend at the moment? Are they spending more because they've got money from the government and savings and what have you? Yeah, look, I mean, we're hearing in retail at the moment. I mean, I've, as you know, I, I do network a lot and get around the retail communities Ooh. and speak to a lot of CEOs. And the general um, the general issues with sales at the moment is they are down on on last year, generally, um, and you know, you're seeing that in share markets at the moment. A lot of retailers are getting hammered in the share market. It's, mm. it's carnage at the moment out there in retail land and in the in the share sort of space. But um, you know, they're, they're seeing a lot of you know a lot of these businesses that are booming that were booming during COVID because everyone was you know working from home and if you're in the home space or you know hobbies and things like that, certain mm. things boomed during COVID and um, those businesses were booming and their sales have come back to earth. Mm. Um, you know, they're struggling. I mean, for us, uh, look, we're up. I think there's still that pent-up demand that's coming through now. You know, if, if someone didn't have a party last two years, they're, they're, they're just hanging to have it. So, you know, where you might have had someone who said, oh, look, I've had a party the last two years. I'm going to give it a miss this year is going, let's have it because I haven't had one for two years. Yeah. So um, you're getting a lot more dinner parties and people get getting together. And when, when there is something on, it tends to be a little larger. People aren't sort of, you know, hung over in their busy lives of, of, of trying to figure out what events they go to. You know, people who are very social tend to be inundated with, with party requests mm. to come to parties and um, and they get a bit over it and hop between parties and things like that, where at the moment, you know, just people can't wait to go to a party and, and it's, it's sort of a great time. So, so things are up a little for us uh, on pre-COVID numbers, um, hoping that that will ride us into the end of the financial year and make up for the fact that we were closed for three months. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, right now things are things are going pretty well. Oh, that's good. Because I'm I'm here in North Sydney and um, at the cafe, and I was here in the office every now and again during COVID or whenever I could. And it was terrible seeing how quiet it was, but now it's packed. The cafe was so busy this morning, I couldn't get a table to get a coffee. Um, so it's starting to expand and grow, 
And what do you see in the future of any particular categories or any particular things that businesses should be focusing on? Yeah, look, I guess there's some things that obviously become part of life. You know, I think COVID's going to be part of life for a long time. Mm. I can't see it being gone. But look, I don't know. You know, there's always the pre-COVID. We didn't have no, we didn't have a contingency plan for a pandemic. Well, mm. you know, I think in in businesses now, that was one thing probably just after our podcast that that I realised was to have a contingency plan for what was going on. Mm. Um, and now we've got those plans. So if anything happens again, we've got you know. A contingency plan where you know if we got i mean one of the things that that that, that we learned from the first round that we started implementing throughout the pandemic over the last 12 months was having that lockdown contingency plan so when they did lock us down in in july last year for example well, we just had a plan we rolled out we, we weren't caught by surprise like many people were mm. uh you know it was almost inevitable it was going to happen mm. or it was a high risk anyway um, so, you know, we had that contingency plan ready. We, we, we sat down, we said, well, what happens if we were to be given 24 hours to close? What, what would we need to do? We need to make sure that people have access from home. We need to make sure that what, what jobs would people do from home? Make sure we've got those do- jobs ready, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, required planning because, you know, if, if you got, if you had to make those plans up on the spot and you had to come up with IT solutions or you had IT problems or whatever it is, it's just a massive disaster. So Mm. having that planning was key. And look, that's something I think people will start doing more of now. And it's something we learned in our growth, growth of our business was to plan better. Mm. Think of what happens if this, you know, having the contingency plans of what if things go better than we expect, what if they go worse? Um, And, you know, probably COVID contingency plans Mm. are going to be another thing that people will keep in their toolbox now because you never know when the next one might come along. Well, that's actually true, isn't it? None of us thought, and I know years ago I worked in an agency. We were dealing with a company that sold contingency plans and set up contingency plans for very large businesses. Um, And, yeah, they have contingency plans, but not for what occurred. So it's very difficult to plan for something like that. But certainly to plan for the unexpected, I think we all failed to plan for the unexpected because we keep thinking about it, but we didn't have anything in place for the unexpected. So it's not just COVID, it's for whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Cool. All right. So now you are well known in the, in the world of retail and the retail space and attend lots of events and, and things like that. And events are starting to come back. Um, are you seeing any particular hesitations or requirements for people heading back to events? Are you seeing people who are still a little bit reluctant? No, it follows probably what I said a minute ago, which is that, like, you know, like you said, I do go to a lot of events and conferences and pre-COVID, I would say, you know, I was I was asking myself, am I going to too many? I need to cut back. Um, now that things are opened up, you know, these conferences are all on and, you know, I just can't wait to get back to them because I haven't been to, been to many for the last two years. Mm. Uh, and that's the general sentiment I'm getting from everyone at these things is like, you know, we haven't been to anything for a long time. We haven't been to many and it's, you just need to get back into these things. So there's all this pent up demand for this and um, and people are flocking back. So definitely finding that, you know, there's there's a huge appetite for it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, online is pretty important and I do a lot of socials and networking and whatever online. But there's certainly a lot to be said for doing things face to face and, going and seeing people compared to online. 
So now that we're able to do one or the other, what what do you prefer? Oh, look, I think I think you know definitely working remotely. I mean, some of my team do work from home and stuff like that. I'm, I'm more for working from home mm. from from an execution point of view. Yep. Uh, my personal view is it's very hard to build teams and 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 rapport and and relationships this way. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, think about the. Many people here, you know, listening would have would have been through the whole COVID and the Zoom thing and and having a Zoom drinks with friends. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was cool the first time, yeah. but it was kind of a bit crap the second time. <laughs> the yeah. first time was novel. The second time was like, well, we've got five people on the screen here, and I'm talking to a screen, and it just felt weird and yeah. uh, not not much fun at all. Mm. Um, so you know, they they, they were a, a buzz and they came and went pretty quick. Mm. As, a, as a trend mm. um, and they were gone before the pandemic was even over yeah. um, and people were over them. So I think, yeah, building, building relationships, you need, you know, you need that face to face. We need that interaction. We need to be able to mm. bond and joke and see our hands moving when we're talking and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly true. I mean, you know, podcasts and videos and whatever are nice and it gets your attention, but to draw deeper or deeper relationships, yeah, I think it definitely helps to, touch and feel so to speak um you know we had lunch just a couple of weeks ago and yeah that was good we're able to talk and explore more ideas than on a video screen although i still have friends that insist on doing online meetings and i'm going meetups and i'm going no i don't want to do that why would i do that you know people in different time zones and you know i still do some of that but anyway cool all right so the next thing you got coming up is um independence day so is that a yep. big day for you guys? Look, it's pretty solid. Like, I mean, we're, we we sit across. We we have something like thirty something events um, throughout the year that we that we track and manage, and um, we're actually going through a bit of a process at the moment to reevaluate what that looks like and even make that plan more complicated with things like you said, Dracula Day uh, on a calendar. Mm. Because um, while we don't. Dracula Day is a good example where we may not manage it from an inventory perspective too much. Mm. Uh, we do need to manage it from a marketing perspective. So, you know, there is a lot of events on the calendar and um, Independence Day is one where, you know, for us it's an interesting category where it's it's not like Christmas where, you know, there's a lot of people that do Christmas, a lot of businesses do Christmas and mm. it's very competitive. Um, Independence Day is by you know, a thousand times smaller than Christmas, mm. but you know we're one of the few players in that space that sell a lot of products for Independence Day, so it's quite a good category for us. Mm. Um, and you know we get that without we get that without the, the you know the the breadth of categories we're across. So we've got Independence Day, and then you've got you know probably something slightly bigger like Oktoberfest or St Patrick's Day, and then you get into things like Halloween, and then you go to Christmas, which is massive and. Mm. They're all a little bit different um, in terms of their size, but you know where we sit in that in that market, we kind of know where we sit and, and what and how we help the customer. And um, you know, we know with Christmas, we're never going to be everything to everyone in that. But certainly with with something like Oktoberfest, we aim to be the the brand in the country that has the biggest range and you know is the place the only place you'd want to shop. Basically, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. So what I'm curious about is okay, we're talking about events. So we just had Mother's Day and we've got Father's Day coming up. Which is more popular? Uh, Mother's Day is a bit bigger for yeah. us. I think, you know, people do stuff for, yeah. for, for dads a bit different. Uh, balloons and stuff like that seem to work quite well for Mother's Day. Uh, less less popular with the dads. So Yeah, we get forgotten. <laughs> yeah. 
it's not a, not a big thing, unfortunately. Okay, cool. So when we're looking at lessons and I guess tips and things for learnings, is there anything that you wanted to mention in particular? No, look, I think last time we spoke, you know, there was that, um, you know, that lesson about talking to the customer was what we learned the most. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that lesson's never been more, more, more true in the last two years as well. Like I said, we, you know, we rode the wave of, 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 when I say we rode the wave, we pivoted mm-hmm. and, and found the wave mm-hmm. in COVID because um, we had to. Um, and, you know, we found that by talking to customers. As People have to listen to that podcast. There's a plug for you, Tony. Um, Thank you. I'll have to listen to that one to, to, to hear how we did that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, 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 that's, you know, we spoke to customers then and that's something we've kind of implemented a little bit more, started talking a bit more about how that works so well for us that we need to do more of it. We need to talk to our customers more. We need to take that feedback on board. We need to implement the learnings from what customers are saying about our services or that mm. sort of stuff. Uh, what customers are asking for, what products are they asking for? Um, you know, with online, we have the ability to look at our data and see what people are searching for mm. and figuring out if we're servicing those searches. But we don't we do not do that with a physical store. Um, so, you know, we're saying to our staff, tell us what are people asking for that we, we you know, mm. what, what, what happens when someone says, I want X and we say no, what are those things? Um, so, you know, getting that feedback up the chain and um, just other things around service and feedback and, you know, as, as you become a bigger business, I guess that's the thing, you know, as a small business, when you're a, a small operator and you're, you're the one on the checkout quite a lot, you understand exactly what's going on with the customers. As you grow, like we have, I'm quite removed from the customer. Um, so to, to understand what's going on, I mean, I, I serve at the checkout once, you know, for a week each year. Uh, and it's something I do, so I, I I do keep my finger on the pulse a little bit more than, you know, a CEO probably could, or, or, or you know, I think that's what we should be doing as CEOs, being on the front line for a little bit to understand what's going on, be like undercover boss and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, I think they learn a lot from being at the front line, and so we 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 do that as well. Me and my business partner both work at the front line in various roles when it comes to the busy time of year. Uh, we put ourselves in the team, help them out, but it's also it's a deliberate strategy for us to get hands-on experience with what's going on with the customer, what's going on with the processes, what pain are our staff feeling, mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, it just comes back to, you know, talking to our customers more often and, and understanding what's going on there and getting that feedback up the chain to us um, is critical. Mm. Well, you know, talking about staff, I mean, it's been difficult on them. Um, COVID and having to have time off and coming in and exposure to customers and, of course, at the moment, there are staff shortages. So how do you keep your staff happy and motivated when there's been so many changes going on? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, you know, again, as a as a medium-sized business, we're a little bit more fortunate than, say, a large business. Um, you know, a small to medium businesses can be more flexible with their staff. I mean, we, we have, you know, each staff member that reports to me, I customize the role to their lifestyle so i have one that works from home a lot i got one that works from home a little Mm. i've got one that works all sorts of random hours you know and um you know the definitely i find that staff value flexibility in in you know the fact that i customize the roles to suit their lifestyles um they they value that way more than money Mm. um 
you know i mean the 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 mum that has a new baby that then has to deal with daycare challenges and mm. that stuff values that and then as that baby grows up and starts going to school they value that they can then change their hours to be doing drop-offs and pickups at a different time mm. and so they super value that flexibility um and you know i've got a you know i i, I talk to my staff and i work with you know i don't i don't have a, a set rule on how work should be done i mm. just think about what they want and how would it fit with the role and try to find ways to make it work really. Mm. Um, and that's what we've learned um, has worked really well for us. I mean, we've had a really good retention rate of people that have got, got from uh, anything. And once they reach sort of an assistant manager level for us, they generally last about 10 years plus. Mm. Um, we've had very little turnover in the last, I mean, we've owned the business for 15 years. We've probably been through, we've got about eight people at senior level and we've probably only had two leave in the last, 10 years, 15 years. So um, we have very level and I think that flexibility is the key. Uh, I guess what you were talking about before about getting responses from customers and also helping out staff is loyalty. So it seems that having the loyalty of customers and staff and giving back that level of loyalty is really, really important. Yeah, I mean, it it just, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're right. It's the same theme. It's listening to customers, listening to staff, Listening to what's going on and 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 doing it and it's and it's not it's a concept that is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone says, "Oh, we're a customer-led business and we're customer-focused," mm-hmm. but a lot of them aren't. Um, yeah. They don't really understand their customer sometimes. And yeah. you, you can see that from the outside, but they mm-hmm. can't see it from the inside sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to structure and and culture. Um, rather than just saying we listen. You know, just just collecting feedback doesn't mean you listen to customers. It means you're collecting it. Um, mm. So, you know, that that's probably some, you know, something that we th- – I mean, even we thought we were a customer-focused business pre-COVID. Mm. And then COVID hit and we were like, oh, shit, what's going on? You know, we don't know. Mm. And then and we, and we came up with strategies to manage that, which is in the last podcast. Mm. Um, I love exploring these topics with you and it's been, been good. Mm. And we haven't spoken about fishing, so I apologise for that. We didn't get to No, that's all right. <laughs> good on you for doing it. All right. Okay. So that's Dean Salakis from thepartypeople.com.au. And um, remember to subscribe to the podcast channel, Podcast My Business or Content Made Easy. Thanks very much.